Hi everyone, welcome back to Behind the Timeline, the podcast where we examine pop culture in films, television, and books across the ages. As always, we are your hosts, Lindsay and Scott. If you're interested in finding out what we've already covered or what we've got coming up in the future weeks, be sure to leave us a follow on Instagram at Go Behind the Timeline. Check us out on Twitter at Behind Timeline and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Additionally, links to our Patreon and our official website can be found in the episode descriptions if you would like to support the podcast. And now, on with the show. But you know what I really reflect on with that is like, I'm like, that's the most beautiful thing I've seen in animation. And I'm like, except for the Beauty and the Beast scene with the dance. And then I'm like, well, and except for Ariel coming up out of the water after she first gets legs, that first. Oh, yeah. Even Cody flying on. Name. Oh, Marahute. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> that that one took me a minute. Normally, I can anticipate what you're saying, but uh, uh, that one took. I was like, "Who the fuck is Cody?" Well, because we all forget. Because who cares about the rescuers down under? Who gives a shit about garbage, down but, under? <laughs> but it was beautiful, and it was part of the Renaissance. <laughs> all right, let's do this. We're talking about, I, moving. I, well, we are talking about moving. Yeah, we're talking, we're talking about my move. But today we're actually here to talk about Aladdin. And all of these Renaissance movies, every time I'm watching it, and I'm like, this is the best one of the Renaissance, right? And then I I'm know, like, right? okay, calm down. Like, this probably isn't better than Beauty and the Beast, for instance. But Oh, I think it is. You think so? I'm not sure. No, I'm kidding. I don't. I think it's funnier, but I don't think it's it's better right like objectively like i like this better than beauty and the beast but i think the music's better in beauty and the beast overall like i don't know it's tough but every one of these that i watch Mm. i feel like it's the best one because they're all really fucking good yeah yeah definitely yeah so we're here to talk about aladdin which um i have been excited about for a while ever since Lindsay. honestly i've been i've probably been so excited more excited about aladdin since bambi because Bambi was the movie we found out that you get all the answers in the sequels. Mm-hmm. And Aladdin sequels, you get answers to questions you didn't really care about from the first one. Like, where are his parents? Right. Yeah. The sequels, and they are sequels. There's no, like, mm-hmm. silly little prequel stuff in here. So. Yeah. Yeah, I like the I like the Aladdin sequels. I did watch them, of course. True to, true to form. I did, too. And, and in good faith with all of our listeners. Did you? I did. This well, one, you watched I- them both? Yeah, because I I love them, and I'm kind of bummed that the TV show is not on Disney Plus. I mean, it was only around for a year, but still, like I remember it with fondly. Yeah. I watched some of the Little Mermaid TV show. I was disappointed not to be able to do the same here. So yeah, yeah. Um. Anyway, yeah, we're talking about Aladdin, which uh, was written and directed by the Dream Team, who are back: uh, Ron Clements and John Musker. And introducing Ted Elliott, who will go on to write both Shrek and the Pirates of the Caribbean, the first one. Mm-hmm. Actually, I think he's involved in more than the first one, but I pretend that like the rest of that doesn't happen. So, oh, that's fine. That's just yeah, that's <laughs> my my selective memory. Um, our original score is by Alan Menken, though. 
Mankin's Hell back. Yeah, it is. Um, Ashman at it's this point so had good. passed away, unfortunately. Yeah. But Alan Mankin carries on to do the music. So starring Scott Weinger, uh, Linda Larkin, Jonathan Freeman, Gilbert Gottfried, rest in peace, and uh, Robin Williams, also rest in peace. Robin motherfucking Williams is here, and this is his definitely most famed animated role. We talked about him and Fern Gully a bunch. We'll talk about him in this one later, um, but Robin Williams is awesome in this, obviously. Scott, summarize the plot for us, please. Absolutely. Uh, seeking a better life, Agrabah street rat Aladdin finds himself the new owner of a mysterious magic lamp, wherein he learns that it, just because you have the wishes doesn't mean they're what changes your life. It's true. It is very true. had some much more deep messaging than I expected. I'm really excited yeah, to talk about the, it. I have a lot to say. <laughs> the overall theme of this movie, if you guys don't if you want like a little more exposition on the plot is basically every character is trapped in something Mm -hmm. yeah it's all about freedom and agency that's very cool i like this movie a lot you can stream this of course on disney plus and both the sequels but not the tv show which is a bummer let's talk about the timeline The year is, I believe, for the last time, 1992. We're not coming it back is. here, right? This we is it. are not. We are not. Um, so for our final historical context, and please visit the last couple episodes if you want to hear more about the year of our Lord, 1992. Uh, the top song was I Will Always Love You by Whitney Houston. Oh, by the way, can I interject something on this real quick? If you guys are a fan of... Uh, audio or audio books uh, biography films um like elvis or rocket man or anything there's a new one about whitney houston called want to dance with somebody that looks fucking awesome oh okay cool plug yes you're welcome there you go please continue <laughs> put that in your mouth enjoy that <laughs> time magazine's man of the year was bill clinton and this yeah. was the year that he was elected yes. and people's sexiest man alive was nick nolte of all people that's weird <laughs> meanwhile a shipping container filled with 28,000 rubber ducks was lost in the Pacific Ocean and are still being found to this day. That's very true. Actually, several of them are in the Great Barrier Reef now. That is some wild shit. So let us end 1992 on that fun fact. Yeah, that's pretty badass, actually. For Rotten Tomatoes, 95% on the tomato meter and a 92% audience score. So that's kind of interesting that critics like this more than audiences, but... But not by much, right? Not, it's not by a much. Huge, it's pretty, but... pretty even. All right. For, so for Oscar winners in 1993 for those awards, Aladdin was nominated for best sound, nominated for best sound effects editing, and nominated for best song for Friend Like Me. But it did win at those Academy Awards best original score and best song for A Whole New World. So this one also had two nominations in the best song category. Classic Disney. Exactly. All these, all the Disney Renaissance movies have had two, if not, we saw three in Beauty and the Beast, and they limited it after that. Yep. 
to yes, yeah to make it only two. So everybody's got a lot of musical nominations in the Renaissance. This was also <laughs> nominated for Best Motion Picture Comedy or Musical at the Golden Globes in '93. Also, just to let you guys know, and we'll get into this a little bit. More, well, I'll expound upon it a little bit later. But because almost all of Robin Williams's lines were ad libbed it immediately precluded the film from being up for nomination for best adapted screenplay, which it would have been had he not been. That's fascinating. Uh, I didn't know that. (laughs) Whoopsie. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) Oh shit. Um, Emmy winners, as we've said in the last couple episodes, Murphy Brown and Northern Exposure won for Best Comedy and Best Drama, respectively. And fun fact for this week, for the first time, the Lead Actor Drama Award went outside the big four television networks to a cable network show um, going to Christopher Lloyd in Road to Avonlea from the Disney Channel. I have no idea what that is. Neither do I, but I think that's interesting that it had always gone to the big four. That's cool as fuck, dude. Yeah. So worldwide, the top grocer was Aladdin. The uh, domestic winner was Batman, as we've said the last couple of weeks. Yeah. Um, and I actually wanted to look this one up because it is like if you look at it, it does look like Batman wins across the board. You have to go looking at overall. Yeah, you got to look for the worldwide gross yeah. for Aladdin to win. Um, which I think is worth doing when we do these big Disney movies of like how much money did they make over time because a lot of them get re-released. Yeah. That contributes too. So I think with Disney movies, it is really worth looking at that like total worldwide. So yeah, totally. On a budget of $28 million, they made three, $346.5 about million. Um, yeah. So lots and lots of money made by Aladdin. They did real, real well here, which bear that in mind because we're going to talk about that a little later on. Um, we are. Welcome back to the warning, guys. Yeah, Scott, do you want to read us what the warning actually says? This one has the big warning, so it's been yeah. a little while. Let's remind listeners what that actually says. This program includes negative depictions and or mistreatment of people or cultures. These stereotypes were wrong then, and they are wrong now. Rather than remove this content, we want to acknowledge its harmful impact, learn from it, and spark conversation to create a more inclusive future together. Disney is committed to creating stories with inspirational and aspirational themes that reflect the rich diversity of the human experience around the globe. To learn more about how stories have impacted society, visit Disney.com forward slash stories matter. Um, yeah, and then it, it then it will start your movie. Yeah. Um, Thanks for reading that for us, because I think it's, you're it's good to get a reminder on that. And this fascinatingly and yet not surprisingly and very correctly by Disney, the sequels have this too. All three of the Aladdin movies have this. And I think it's definitely good that it does because this is not great. It, and I did some reading about this as well to just like make sure I knew exactly what was going on. So I read a couple of articles and op-eds and things about representation Mm. in Aladdin and what this really looks like. And, and this movie in short uh, does badly misrepresent Islam and the Arab culture in general, so much so that they did change the song lyrics from Arabian Nights and it's still problematic. Like it's still bad, Um, but they actually changed those lyrics like soon after it came out. And it's another one of those things where if you have one of the early Aladdin VHSs, you'll have heard the bad lyrics that I'm not going to repeat here. Mm -hmm. Uh, But if you've only seen it, you know, if you're a little Gen Z, you may never have heard those lyrics because they actually changed them like very soon after the movie came out because it was it was bad even then. And it's bad now and it's still bad after the changes. And it really tries to like 
haphazardly throw together Arab and South Asian cultures. The original Aladdin story uh, takes place in China. Mm-hmm. Like it's all over the place the way they try to amalgamate this. It oversexualizes the one woman who's in the story because it's just Jasmine and then the other oversexualized women in the background. And overall, it, it just uses the Arab culture as a vehicle to tell a very white and American story that takes place in the nonsense land of Agrabah and totally earns this this warning. Mm-hmm. Talk to me about the parks. So I actually had to remind myself that what happens in um, Epcot does not happen in Anaheim because of this. Right. So in the parks, the magic carpets of Aladdin exists only in Florida, which mm-hmm. is the Anaheim version of the Riser Rockets, which is just a spinning ride where you can go up and down on the... It's also like the Dumbo ride. Yeah. Well, yeah. Okay. So there's two. I forgot there's two. There's a couple. There's a bunch of rides like that. It's like the, the dumbest... Like, yeah, they're not fun. It's just the most standard ride structure ever for Magic Kingdom, and there's a bunch of them. But Dumbo's the one that usually has a wicked long line because it's Dumbo or whatever. Yeah, because yeah. it's Dumbo. But yeah, they have um, that um, in Florida. They got one of those that's Magic Carpets. There is an area in Anaheim called, uh, it's like Aladdin's Magic Cafe or something like that, where you can go inside this small, it's right behind the Tiki Room. Um, I've never seen it actually open. There's always a red, there's always a a rope in front of it that you can't go in. Um, but it's supposed to be some kind of like meet and greet with Aladdin and Jasmine and, um, uh, Genie, but I've never, I've never seen it open. And then they are always present in the, uh, you know, in the parades and stuff like that. And Aladdin and Jasmine are actually in small world which was changed i believe in 1997 yeah to start including some of the characters yeah tell us about the sequels oh my god i will tell you about the sequels the sequels are fantastic for this movie uh aladdin got two um return of jafar and aladdin the king of thieves he did have a tv show from 94 to 95 just over a year i believe it was february to november um but for like we said earlier, for some reason that's not on Disney Plus. And I don't know why. Um, but I do have to agree with Lindsay here. I do think that King of Thieves is uh, better than Cinderella Three: A Twist in Time. It's I, tough. I'm actually not sure. After watching it again, I'm really a toss up. Like fifty. Oh my god, Those dude! Were both it's really good. It's so funny. Are you kidding me? Genie just spends the whole fucking movie making other movie references. Including Mrs. Doubtfire. Like, Jasmine's out on the terrace and she's, like, worried about Aladdin. And then he changes into Mrs. Doubtfire and just goes, listen to Genie, dear. Genie knows. You've got to get your mind off this incessant waiting. There, You know, it was really good. I have to. But you know what? I think think the plot of Cinderella 3, A Twist in Time, was better. I have to say. I I think plot-wise, that movie was better. Yeah, the plot of this is just really dumb. Yeah. His dad was only a bad guy because he wanted to steal, but you don't find out where his mom actually went. It just says that she's gone. She died. The they oh, say that she she's did? dead. Yeah. Oh shit. Okay. Yeah. Like explicitly Aladdin talks a lot about her dying and like, yeah, you're right. Like I honestly, Aladdin three is also really good. Like, I, yeah. so listeners, if you're trying to decide which ridiculous direct VHS Disney sequel, you should watch, it should definitely be either 
Aladdin 3, The King of Thieves, or Cinderella 3, A Twisted Time. Yeah. We'll advocate for those for the rest of the life. Yeah, these are the best ones. These are, I can tell you right now, those are the best Disney sequels out there. There's, we're not going to get better. We're not going to find a better one out in the timeline here. Um, Let's get out of the timeline. Let's get out of the timeline. God, dude. Let's get (laughs) out of here. What's a lot? Um, we're going to start, as we always do, with the greatness that is how wonderful this movie looks. Holy yeah. shit, dude. This if is a you, new step up. If you watch any scene, or like if you want any scene that's going to describe how incredible this movie actually looks, the number one scene you need to watch is Aladdin's escape from the cave as it closes. It's like three minutes long, but just the way the lava is animated, the way that they like travel through the cave, all of this shit is insane to me. It it just looks so good. There isn't like a part in this entire movie where I'm like, that was weird. Why did we do that like that? No, it just looked beautiful. And, and the backgrounds move and shimmer and they, they're vibrant and they're real. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, there's no more like matte paintings in the back yeah. of the backgrounds and things like that. It's just so, so real and so beautiful and really a step up even from Beauty and the Beast because Beauty and the Beast still had some really flat backgrounds. It very much did. It even though it looked, it looked great. This is like another step up. And it's fluid too. I think that's another thing that's really like nothing in here is like bound by traditional animation where it's like, oh, we can't. Like the dress can flow, but it's just going to be like a repeat of like back and forth, back and forth, back. No, mm-hmm. like Aladdin jumping over stuff, um, the way his cape moves, the the way they Pinocchio the feather on his hat. Mm-hmm. So every time that he lies, the feather falls in front of his face. Yeah. Oh, my God. I didn't notice that. You're right. Yeah. Oh, wow. God, this movie's so fucking good. Yeah. Man, it, it looked great though. Like, and 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 not only was it like, because you're right. Like the way Aladdin moves and jumps around, it's not really super realistic, right? But it doesn't matter. It just right. looks awesome. Like every and they and the genie allows them to have that flexibility to kind of mm-hmm. not try to be super realistic. And then at the same time, it's just total art. Like the scene where they step off the carpet back onto the palace onto her balcony. Oh yeah, is that not the most beautiful thing? Yeah, it's it's pretty fucking awesome. The Renaissance is as popular as it is and as special as it is for a reason. And it's not just because we were kids when this shit came out. It is truly yeah. groundbreaking because it looks amazing. And the bangers. Like the oh other the God. other thing that makes this special, right? Like it's the, the fucking music in this movie, dude. Man, I am, my first note immediately is this is the best thing we've ever heard, right? And then I'm like, all right, calm down. Like maybe not. But also, is it? No, it so is. I think it might be. My top three are, and I don't know in what order, I really don't. Because when they're on, I every one of them I think is my number one when it's playing. Yeah. Are A Whole New World, Friend Like Me, and um, 
one jump is that what it's called what's the name oh, technically yeah that <clears throat> i'm pretty sure that's just uh street rat street i think it's actually called street urchins is the name of the song i have it right oh now. that makes sense that's technically the name that but the opener all and all the way through it because that's another one like in bell and beauty and the beast where it gets a little bit of dialogue and like they get the broadway style yeah 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 exactly like getting and then into it, trouble a little early today aren't you Len? <laughs> trouble Who's in trouble? You're only in trouble if you get caught. Gotcha. I'm in trouble. I'm in trouble. It's Oh, man. And Aladdin is, for the record, so sexy. And he's singing that song and he's running. I'm just like so into it. So, mm-hmm. yeah, the, the music is really, 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 really good. So here's what's interesting. There's a couple interesting songs, though, beyond our obvious strong feelings about them and love for them. Um, mm. That, first of all, I think this may be the best score even if it's even if there's arguments to be had about which movie has the best soundtrack, the way that they use the score of this movie and like the themes and like the way they reuse, like they do reprises, like for instance, Jafar's bad guy song is fucking awesome, but it's a reprise of Prince Ali. So he, he technically has two. Yeah. So in the first movie, he reprises the Prince Ali song, but he changes the lyrics to talk about how, he basically is outing Aladdin, but in return of Jafar, he has another movie or he has another song. Um, called I think it's called put me to the test. Oh, second rate. No, it's called second rate. Yeah. And that song's not bad for it's a not, direct to VHS movie. The music there's one line in that, that bad. whole song. I don't know why I remember it all the time. Um, Oh, that's why I thought it was put me to the test. Because the line is, uh, if you're not convinced that I'm invincible, put me to the test. And then Jeannie's trying to beat the shit out of him and nothing's happening. Yes, I don't know why. I just cool think that's movie. like, I just love that, that movie. I I also enjoy Return of Jafar. And, but yeah, that's it's, but in the main movie, he doesn't have his own bad guy song, right? It's he a does reprise. not. So I really like the score to this movie. I like the way they have the callbacks and like the each character's theme and their song that plays for their stuff. And like, it's, it's really well done. Um, and then the other interesting thing about this is that there's no, I want song. Princess Jasmine does not have one. Yeah. And I don't know why, but I had to remind myself of that when she frees the birds after talking to the Sultan, I was like, Oh, here comes her song. You would think, but then I was like, Oh wait, no, but no, there's nothing here. That's where it belongs, so you're right. There's a song that's not there, and I kind of like the way that she doesn't burst into song. She just tells her dad to fuck off. <laughs> like, oh, I know. I kind of enjoy that about Jasmine. But I also love how like intelligent most, unless it's just so supposed to be like a nature thing, like most of the animals are in here. She's like, I don't even have any friends. And Rach is like, bitch. Yeah. <laughs> but what I do think is, I think it's interesting here that like instead of an I want song, Jasmine and Aladdin have a we want song. Yeah in a whole new world. And I am so fucking here for that. Mm-hmm. Like I, I, I love that idea. They're like truly partners. Um, and I think it's interesting the way this movie does that and different. And it's because it's the first one, every other princess movie, which this is kind of this new archetype of a prince movie. Yes, it is. We don't get many prince movies. This is it. Basically. Uh, the next one's going to be the lion King. Um, oh, yeah, okay. But, but, I guess that's true. Yeah, we really, we honestly, we kind of step away from royal characters after Lion King. 
I will. I do have one final comment, though. You mentioned that this is the best score, and don't get me wrong, Alan Menken slays it. I agree with Lindsay because you guys know how big I am on film scores, but I agree with Lindsay to this point. This is not the best score of the Renaissance. This is the best score of the Renaissance to this point. Because of Hercules? No, because of Lion King. Lion King scores. You're right. You're right. My bad. My bad. I'm sorry, everyone. Yeah. Lion King was done by Hans Zimmer, who, if you guys are not familiar with Hans Zimmer, did Pirates of the Caribbean, uh, The Rock, fucking, uh, oh my God, why am I blanking on it? Batman, fucking the Batman Begins trilogy. Dude, I keep forgetting about the Lion King. Yeah. That's twice now. I've, I was I just gonna say it, that's twice in the same conversation. I just though. made every wrong, like everything I just said was fucking bullshit. So yeah, and we're keeping it. I'll be cutting all of it. I want you guys to know that Lindsay is human. <laughs> Unlike how I see her when I ask her questions throughout the week, uh, she is human. She is not superhuman. This incredibly <laughs> intelligent AI. I appreciate you. Yeah, I am as close to an AI as I think I. Can get <laughs> as I think I'm allowed to be without the government a, getting involved. Yeah, before anyone notices, before someone expects me to do more with my life. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I am dropping out of school tomorrow, so you know, like I know since I'm dropping out of my PhD <laughs> program because I don't feel like it. <laughs> All right, you want to hear the speaking of things of the Renaissance? Let's see if I can get the the best something of the Renaissance right. Oh, let's go for it. See if I can get back on on my regular track here. Yeah. All right. The most first world and hilarious line of the Renaissance is, well, maybe I just don't want to be a princess anymore. Oh, absolutely, dude. What? Every, what I've, dude, okay. I am so desensitized (laughs) by memes and Renee having to get like coffee in the morning and all of this shit that the minute I heard her say that I just pictured her with a fucking handbag and a Starbucks in yoga pants saying maybe I don't want to live on Rodeo Drive anymore. Oh my god, basically, right? Like Jasmine yeah. is so out of touch, which I will say, we'll talk about this a little bit more later, but this does make her a little different in that I think Jasmine actually does have something to learn as opposed to the other princesses that came fully made. Yeah. So as opposed to the other princesses that we've had so far, she really is not. She's not a major part of the story. She's, she's, she's as important as Jeannie, but she is not the main character. Aladdin is the main character. I mean, the movie is named. Well, no, I know, but like, like, so like in, Beauty and the Beast, it was about Belle and Beast learning something. Jasmine doesn't really... This is also the first of all the princesses in the Renaissance that we've had that the princess does not help in any way. She does. I would push back on that. I I think that they make a cool team um, a little later on, like towards the end of the movie. I think like her... She's trapped every time that Aladdin finds her. Like she... The only... Okay, hold on. No, I'm going to retract what I said because she does try to weirdly seduce uh, Jafar. I did forget about that. It's... But I hate it. I hate it, right? It's dumb, you guys. And and the fact that it's how she's so over-sexualized, right? It's like, that's not great. But 
I can give it a little bit of credit for saying it is a callback to the way that she pretends to be crazy in the beginning of the movie. She and Aladdin have a cool yeah. nonverbal thing where they kind of are like, all right, here's how we're going to get out of this. Like, play along. Trust me. It's going to yeah. be a big theme. They have a lot of trust, a lot of good nonverbal communication. Um, and yes, I hate that what she has to do is s- seduce Jafar and dress up in the outfit. And do, it's kind of mm. a Princess Leia thing. It's gross with the apple and the beard. It's all very yuck. But um, and he's so old, as the Sultan points out. <laughs> but you're so old. But they do kind of work together. I mean, what the fuck is she supposed to do? I don't expect her to fight her way out of this. I mean, Aladdin barely does. He he smarts his way out of it. But we're all over the place. We're yeah, going to talk we about all of this and and more about the things that Jasmine has to learn um, as we go. And But the first thing I want to say is, while her statement that she doesn't want to be a princess is incredibly myopic, and we're going to talk about it, it's not totally unreasonable, right? Like, her life does fairly suck locked up in the palace. I think that's the big part of it, is unlike the others, she really isn't allowed to leave. She is, and that's what I was getting at in the beginning, that everyone is (coughs) trapped in some kind of way. She is genuinely trapped, not just by the law that her dad has, for some stupid reason, upheld, um, but, but literally she's trapped inside. She has to sneak out. The whole thing with Jasmine is, yeah, okay, she's like, she kind of throws that whole like tantrum of like, maybe I don't want a sports car and like this big house <laughs> thing anymore. But like, you do kind of understand why. You're, it's not like you know just like an unfounded like you have no understanding of the world it's like you don't have an understanding of the world and that's why you want to get out yeah and i think this is like really interesting for jasmine because there's very few other princesses who struggle with this which is like the fact that you may have unlimited wealth but you don't have the ability to choose your own life Mm -hmm. right that you have like these limitations that of, to your freedoms that come with wealth and power. I'm thinking like Anna in Frozen while the gates are still closed to yeah. an extent. Um, and like Merida, if we count Pixar a little bit, although Mer- like Merida has some freedoms, but we don't see a lot of princesses who like their main thing is I am limited by my wealth and I want more than it allows me mm-hmm. Um and therefore don't want to be a princess anymore. Like it's not totally ridiculous that she wants to leave the palace. No, not at all. Friends choose her own husband. But you know, I expected this to be more political than it got. Like I, she Mm. never talks about changing the laws. She's just mad. Like we don't ever hear what she would have liked to do as queen. Except get rid of Jafar. Yeah. Except get rid of Jafar. That's the only time she mentions it. Yeah. She doesn't do anything for herself. She doesn't talk about what being queen will be. And I actually have to say, like, I didn't rewatch the live action for this because I anticipate we will cover those separately in the future. Yes, we will. Yeah, we're, I, I'm saving myself for those. <laughs> but she, She's saving herself for Luke Perry. Sorry, I just had a clueless moment. <laughs> I just, I, I think in a previous princess episode, I was saying how like Jasmine's trying, like she has like these political goals for Agrabah, but she doesn't. And I kind of get why the live action, like added that a little bit more. I'm interested to see that after having reviewed this one, because like it's, she just kind of doesn't do anything. Like even at the end, she and Aladdin are 
a hundred percent prepared to give it all up instead of fighting because they want to give the last wish to Jeannie. And they're like, but he's not a prince anymore, which we'll talk about the weirdness around like what defines that a little later when we talk about the genie. But it's because it's weird. But um, but they don't try to say, let's change it. It's the Sultan who ultimately is like, well, fuck, why? Why am I creating this problem? Fuck the law. I rewrite the law. They never try to do this. Jasmine doesn't say that she wants to do this. She never talks about like what she would do differently as queen. She just is like, I don't want to marry some asshole which is great it's just this very sort of like lame feminism i gotta say like it's very Uh, surface level like it's not great we could do a whole lot better here i would i would like struggle to even call it feminism at all i think this is purely selfish this has nothing to do with her focusing on anybody but herself well, yeah, and that's why I think it's like lame feminism because it's yeah. very, it's very like, well, this is kind of what I mean when I was saying this story is like a very white American story. Her whole, I don't want to, I'm not a prize to be won. That's feminist. It's just not great. Oh, yeah. That's what I mean. Like her whole thing is kind of feminist. It's just like this very like upper class white woman version of feminism where you're only thinking about yourself. Right. right. That's yeah. where that's what I mean. Like there is it's technically it's feminist. It's just like really bad. <laughs> like, <laughs> like I just think there's like a lot more that we could do with it. But it, it is worth mentioning that like I have questions about like what happens when she takes over. Like, let's say she marries a prince. Like, let's right. say like fuck it, or or Aladdin or whoever, and she becomes the queen. They say that she'll be queen. Right? Like, she would have the power to remove Jafar. Like, so she's mm-hmm. like, she's being forced to marry a prince, but she's going to be the one in power. Like, the line of succession isn't skipping her. So it sounds like she's going to be queen. Like, whoever she marries will be king consort. But Jafar thinks he's going to be full on sultan. So, like, what happens when she gets married? Who's in charge? So, we actually do have an answer to that. Um, what in the third one, when they're having dinner shortly after discussing the wedding, um, Aladdin says, or the they're having dinner with the Sultan, and the Sultan is like, and someday, my boy, you'll be Sultan. And they all focus on it like he will be the ruler. Jasmine will still have power, but her word is second to Aladdin's. Oh, so that sucks. Yeah. That's kind of how they like imply it because Genie freaks out and everybody's like, yeah. And then Jasmine's like, he'll be Sultan. Oh my God. Yeah. Like, oh, you know what? No, it's it's uh, Return of Jafar. And I remember that because Jasmine's voice actor in Return of the Jafar is horrendous. All of Jasmine in both the sequels is horrendous. Yeah. Um, so that's interesting. I mean, but yeah, so that sucks. Th- that's why Jafar wants that. Uh, you don't really get that until he already has power, but that's why he wants to marry Jasmine. Right. That was kind of part of my question is like, then what's the, I mean, I understand that then he wouldn't be, like fired or put to death (laughs) yeah you'd just be banished if you marry her you're unlikely to be murdered but you know beyond that it's like i so all right so i have a little bit more to say on jasmine a little further down when we talk about some of the other themes but Mm -hmm. let's talk about the the actual main character the the big man himself yeah and and the theme of be yourself (laughs) That's Robin Williams. There are so many good fucking lines in this movie. So many. I can't believe it. 
I'm loosened to a rug. There's so I really found it helpful in this movie from from like me forward to watch with closed captioning. Oh, did you? Yeah, for a lot of it, you'd be a sp- and definitely for friend like me. I absolutely recommend you go back and watch friend like me with captions on. Uh, but so so back to back to our boy Al. Al, or maybe just Din. Or, or how about Laddie? Laddie. <laughs> this is for sure the best character arc and like thematic payoff we've seen maybe ever in Disney. I think. Like Aladdin yeah. has a really good thing going on here. I don't. I'm not sure who tops him thematically. At he, this I think it's because you can you can see so clearly what he's learned and what he's gained. Yeah, like it. He realizes that it's not about, um, you know, becoming rich or being a prince. Which again, we're gonna get into, but. And self-worth, I think, is a big part of it. Yeah. He he has to learn that wealth alone isn't enough. And I think this yeah. is very relatable, right? Um, I think a lot of people feel like it's going to solve all of your problems. Right, exactly. Right. People who are not wealthy are like, if, if I just had money, everything would be fine. Um, and people who are wealthy often find the opposite. And Jasmine's in that position, right? So we're going to talk about mm-hmm. that a lot momentarily because this juxtaposition is the coolest thing. But we'll talk about Aladdin first. I really like that he has this lesson to learn about what being wealthy really means. And and also that like he already has value. He's not worthless because he's poor. Right. There's a lot that Jasmine, like Jasmine had no issue with him being uh, street rat. a street rat. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, and it shows how he perceives the world, too, because he thought he only had value to her because he was a prince. Exactly. And in that way, like Aladdin really doesn't give any thought at all to what she says when they first meet. Yeah. Right. Or afterwards, like immediately, it's like, I'm not a prize. I'm not impressed by all of this shit. Um. I don't want to marry someone just because they're a prince. And when they first meet, she says that she feels trapped and he never puts it together that like, oh yeah, the girl who said that everything was shit turns out to be the princess. That means the princess thinks that being a princess is shit. It's a lot like in season one of the boys when Huey realizes that Starlight's the girl he met on the bench. Oh yeah. And he's like, wait, so the the job you were talking about that you hate is this job, the seven like that, like that never happens for Aladdin. At no point is he like thinking about anything that Jasmine has said. He's really not listening to her and he does not trust her, even though he's always asking her to trust him. And like, that's really interesting, right? Like they don't expound on this as much as they need to. Oh yeah. At all. Like, I think there's a lot more to say here. I think that mm-hmm. she should have had a do you trust me line. Like, he should have been like, but if I'm not a prince, will you still love me? Like, I don't have anything, Jasmine. Like, I'm fucking nothing. Like, there should have been a moment where he says this and she is just like, I don't care. Do you trust me? Yeah, I think that. <clears throat> and that's why I'm saying, like, she doesn't really have a whole lot to do uh, as far as broaden his view. She's just the reason his view gets broadened, but she doesn't help him get there. Yeah. And I I do think that that would have been, that would have been a great moment for her to be like, do you see how different my, our lives are and how much I don't give a shit 
about like the world I'm in, just like you don't. Like yeah, she never really articulates this, right? Yeah. Like it's annoying, and Aladdin like. Even the genie has to tell him, like, to stop talking about himself and say literally anything about her. Listen, Sparky, if you want to be a straight shooter, <laughs> I'm not, I just can't do it, genie. Tell her the, the truth. truth. Yeah. And, like, the truth and honesty stuff is done really well. Yeah. But we just don't get anything about him, like, not listening to her and understanding what she wants in a partner. Like, Aladdin doesn't give that any attention well and she doesn't um, yeah he he's kind of like clueless well and you know what it is too i think it's like that uh rose colored glasses at first like he is dumbfounded by the the amazement of being where he is that he's like no one could ever be unhappy with this life yeah he falls into all his assumptions about it yeah exactly he's just kind of like i finally have like the things that i've always dreamt about like there's no shot in the world that anybody will be upset about this Mm -hmm. yeah he and 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 in that way he demonstrates very little empathy right like this is what i'm saying like he gets so caught up in his own assumptions about wealth right and what it will bring you and the life that you would live and how happy you would be with it to live in the palace that he never has a moment where he realizes that Jasmine ran away from the palace. Yeah. And that she wasn't happy. That kind of pisses me off. Now that I'm thinking about this, I'm like, wow, he really didn't put that together like at all. He never thinks about her. So yeah, he's, but I think it's an, it's, this is the interesting part of her character arc. And I wish that of his character arc, sorry. I wish that they uh, paid it off better on this side of it like yeah. this that piece doesn't really get resolved as well as i think it needs to but i think it's an interesting way of showing how wrapped up he is that he doesn't really think about what she says at any point and then it's like when they go on their magic carpet ride like she's genuinely stoked when she realizes who he is and and then he tells her no i'm a prince in disguise not yeah i disguise myself as a prince because i want to be with you yeah and explain what happened and he lies to her and this is uh i think the part that's done really well and that gets paid off better later is like the honesty arc aladdin's lesson about truth right yeah applies to jasmine with lying to her about who he is with the genie with his integrity to use his third wish to free to the genie like to keep his promise Right. Right. Yeah. Um, and the Sultan talks about how important it is too when he says, when he th- hears they're going to get together, and he's like, "Great, someone with unimpeachable moral character, just what the kingdom needs." Oh, I know. Yeah. And he's like, "Oh fuck." He's like, "That's not at all how I'm behaving." <laughs> like, That's so I'm, super me. Yeah, I am lying to all of you guys. This is an absolute catfish. Like, I am prince of nothing. Like that, which will t- I know we're getting there, but, um. I really enjoyed that. And then there's kind of a second layer to his whole arc around honesty and integrity where he has to learn about what power means and as in addition to wealth. Yeah. Right? Because power and money aren't anything without freedom, which Jasmine and the genie are dealing with. Right. Mm-hmm. I just realized that all three of them represent what makes life worthwhile. Mm hmm. Power, wealth, and agency, right? And choice. 
This is such a great movie. Holy I know. shit, dude. I know. When I was watching this, I was like, wow, I'm really impressed. And and of course, Aladdin has his intelligence that he has this inherited value too. Right? right. You can say that about Aladdin as well. Like that he's he's smart. Um, and that that like it's all about him learning like to be honest and self-worth and I would like to think, listen to Jasmine when she tells you what she wants, but he never really learns that one, but fine. Um, But I think all of this kind of comes together with this line that Aladdin says before he meets Jasmine, his first night after he sings his song and he goes to bed up in his, his like kind of awesome loft. Um, And he says, you know, one day we'll be rich. We'll live in a palace and we'll never have any problems at all. Yeah. And it sets up the way that all of these themes culminate in this juxtaposition between Aladdin and Jasmine. And it's so fucking well done that like Mm -hmm. money doesn't solve your problems. It doesn't bring you happiness, but you can't be truly free without at least some of it. Right. Right. Like Aladdin can't. Jasmine thinks that she can walk out of the palace with fucking nothing. And no understanding of like that you need money to live. Like she just walks away from this wealth as though you can just have nothing and have this freedom that she wants. And Aladdin has nothing and he doesn't have any freedom. He doesn't have any economic mobility, which is what she, you know, if, if she had thought to bring a fucking, you know, purse with her. Yeah. But they each want what the other has, right? Wealth and choice. Cause Jasmine feels like she doesn't have any choice because of her wealth. So she leaves all of it behind. Right. But it's really about, balance um and freedom and that you have to have some money to have freedom but you know but too much of it and too much responsibility and power can start to strip that away Uh, yeah freedom isn't just one of those things like you need both economic mobility which jasmine has and the ability to make decisions on who you who you want to be in your life which aladdin has but Aladdin can't just be whoever he wants to be stealing every meal. He's going meal to meal. He has no ability to, he's not meeting Maslow's hierarchy. Yeah. Right. He can't self-actualize because he doesn't have his basic needs met. Whereas Jasmine like doesn't have the freedom to make her own choices because of the laws and the responsibilities or the whatever around the monarchy. Yeah. Yeah. That's okay. Yeah. That's fair. See what I mean? Like they have to find this like middle like you can't just leave the palace with like no cash. Like Jasmine has to learn that that like there's there is v- like value to the life that she has. Like there are problems, but that she has it way better than she thinks that she does. And she needs to like come down to earth and understand that. But Aladdin doesn't understand that having infinite money doesn't mean like his come and go as we please life plus a nice place to live. Like he doesn't understand that living in the palace doesn't mean he gets to do whatever he wants. He just and not worry about anything. Right. Right. Um, yeah. I don't know. They're cool. They're just neat little equals. It's like if Eric and Ariel didn't like if Ariel didn't lose her voice, the two of them like they're like partners and they have like. Yeah, but they're bad partners. Like it's I don't know. It just like I feel like she she could have helped more, but also like, no. OK, so that's fine. Yeah, because he's an idiot. So. Well, when, though? No, I mean, he doesn't listen like, to her. He doesn't he doesn't right. listen when she talks, but she isn't like like she doesn't notice that he thought that having money was what made you worthwhile. 
Right. Because once she finds out that he's not a prince, she's not like, why did you do all this? He's just like, oh, I'm a like guy. <laughs> she's like. Yeah, they don't pay it off as well as they could have, right? It's yeah. like they slightly missed it, but they had some really cool themes. Like their themes, it's not plot. That's the problem. It's not like they don't address it, but it's like the underlying right. theme and the juxtaposition of the characters. But it doesn't really pay off in the plot or in the dialogue as much as I'd like it to for being like a longer movie, right? Like this one doesn't have missing time. It just sort of misappropriated. Yeah, exactly. So in addition to missing like the, some of the theme stuff, like where they're not quite landing it with Aladdin and with like, they're also missing it with Jasmine, right? Like she's missing like two lines of dialogue where she says like, now that I'm the queen, I'm going to leave the palace and the monarchy are going to have more flexibility and agency and, and how they interact with the populace we represent or something, right? Yeah, nothing. Like, nothing. Like, Jasmine is just so... Ha- All she wants is that one law to change so she can marry Aladdin, but nothing about how any of the future princesses are supposed to meet, like, their true love street rat if they can't leave the palace. Like, she doesn't address that at all. And I, I just feel like at least Aladdin learned the importance of telling the truth and of integrity to the genie in wishing him free and keeping his promises. Like Aladdin may not have learned all of the lessons that were laid out for him. No, but he learned the big ones. He learned at least one in a really satisfying way. Like he it's, it's still really, really good. And Jasmine just, I don't even think that Jasmine learned anything. I think she just got what she wanted. Yeah. I kind of think so too. I, I'm not sure that she, yeah. 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 Cause she doesn't. That's rough, man. It is. It's pretty shitty. Like Jasmine just, and she's happy that the law has changed, but she hasn't done anything to make it so that these future princesses can like like, maintain power. Right. First of all, if Aladdin's just going to become Sultan, like, holy shit. Yeah. This might actually be the first princess that didn't take broader steps beyond herself. she, She just, yeah, like Ariel, like United. Two fucking worlds, yeah. Yeah, two worlds, like breached the, the this gap between the races. Like, I mean, Bill saved an entire fucking castle of people and brought yeah. the townspeople back into their like own right mind. Yeah, right. Yeah, because I think that's pretty canon from the live action that like something had to be going on there. Oh <laughs> yeah, like- for sure. And, well, and here's the other like crazy thing. We're talking about this like Agrabah is a shithole and it's not at no point during the movie. Does it ever basically say there's unrest in the city? Um, the people are starving and hungry and they're poor. And so it doesn't say it like that. It just showcases that Aladdin is the person we're focusing on who is homeless and he's right. homeless for specific reasons, but it's not like everyone is like the rest of these people have jobs they're going around they're going about their day they're doing shit yeah and i think the problem is less like what are you going to do to fix agrabah and more what are you going to do to fix the like the royal traditions because they're loved like the all the people love aladdin when he arrives yeah agrabah is ostensibly totally fine like there's no she doesn't have like a people to save but the people she could be saving are future princesses is more what i'm thinking right of. like how do you fix the plight that you went through and make sure that yes we're changing the law so that 
you can marry whoever you want. That's great. Like that's fantastic progress. How do you, how are you to meet these people if you're locked in the castle? Yeah. They don't address that. They don't address, like, she doesn't say, I want to be more of a princess of the people. I want to know the people that I rule. That's what I would have liked to see. Yeah. That's what she's really missing. And and she just wants an adventure. I Yeah. And it just, it sucks. I'm like, ah, oh, Jasmine, like, this is why I say it's like this bad feminism, because in some ways she's a total feminist icon when she right. says, <laughs> you know, I'm not a prize to be won. Every girl and woman in the fucking universe in 1992 was like, yes, bitch. Like, that was awesome. <laughs> No question. <laughs> but beyond that, it's like, Jasmine, this is really some like basic white bitch, like nothing feminism. Like, congratulations to you. Like, you you know, it's that's what I'm saying. Like, well, yeah. she takes a stand for, for herself, but she doesn't really think about how she can, you know, help others. I also love. Because there's no other women in Agrabah except for the other, like every other woman who's in this movie is just like. It's mostly just like a sex thing in the background. Yeah. 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 Um, ones in friend like me are especially offensive. I'm like, what the fuck is that? Oh, yeah. Is it that? <laughs> yeah. Um, I do also think it's really funny that Jasmine's only friend, Raja, does actually like <laughs> inadvertently support her in this. But when she's like, I want to go outside the walls, uh, a boo is like any other like animal friend that we've had to this point is like, mm, don't do that. Or like, don't this or whatever. But Raj is like, give it a whirl, girl. Like he fucking helps yeah. her out. And How goes. can I support you? Yeah. I'm yeah. just like, that's pretty, that's pretty awesome. Even Pascal well, from Tangled is just kind of like, eh, maybe we don't do this. You get the strong feeling that like Jasmine wasn't going to come back during that scene, right? yeah like that was it and she brought nothing with her like this is what i mean like she she even says goodbye to raja yeah Yeah. she's not like i'll be back in the morning like no she does not learn any lesson presented to her much cooler would have been a setup where it turns out that she regularly leaves oh that she does it all the time yeah yeah um and i'm getting flashbacks to last week's house of the dragon and i'm thinking how can I support Damon Targaryen and his latest war crime? Oh my god, dude. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I could totally see that, right? Like sneaking yep. out. Um anyway, I it's I do think that they miss a little bit here, but that they set up like thematically, it's awesome. There's yeah. so much to chew on and think about in this movie. But in terms of execution, a lot of it does not pay off, especially for Jasmine. I feel like Aladdin learns a solid lesson. Jasmine really doesn't. And she's the first princess that we've seen who needs to learn a lesson. Yeah, exactly. And she's the only princess who's not the protagonist of her movie, right? She's she's interesting. She's kind of a unique, weird thing happening in the in terms of how her character is crafted. Yeah. Um, and I find it interesting too that in the sequels, and I didn't for as much as I enjoyed them, and I did, I didn't really get that much out of them. This wasn't this was no Bambi too in terms of answering questions. Oh no, no way! I'll tell you that. But I did take note of the fact that in them, Aladdin's a lot like the Robin Hood at the start of the sequel. Like he's spreading all this wealth that he took from other thieves and he goes out into the bazaar and like he has a wicked arrogant attitude about it and he still lies to Jasmine and he's kind of an asshole, but like, but he's hot. <laughs> <laughs> but but, uh, but it's okay because she's hot. 
Yeah, right. It's absolutely one of those. Like, it's okay, Aladdin. That's all right for you to lie to me. Like, Jasmine, meanwhile, she never goes out in the city, even in the sequels, except for to find Aladdin in the third movie and have a heart to heart in his uh, abandoned apartment. But it's weird to me. Like, I kind of was hoping that I could take a lot of this back and then in the sequels it would show her being like a princess of the people. But Jasmine is no Diana. Like, she fucking stays in the castle. That's so weird. Yeah. To me. Like, that she's like, oh, I forget about needing to do that. I have Aladdin now. What? I just, I thought that was very strange that she doesn't really, and that was her primary, like we talked in Beauty and the Beast about how these Renaissance princesses are different because they come pre-cooked with something that they want and then they meet a guy along the way and that's like the icing on their cake. But they they had something else that they were aiming for other than a dude and then a dude happened to show up as well. Huzzah. Right, yeah, and that well, and that's right. the whole thing and I said it earlier, but like he just falls into her lap. But well, not well, great. They all do. Right. That's that's kind of how it always goes. Eric falls into Ariel's lap. The bell falls into the beasts. Right. Uh, it's, yeah. it's kind of how it works. But what but that they have something that they want other than a dude. And then also there's a dude. And Jasmine has something that she wants. And it's clear she wants to leave the palace and make her own choices. And like she actually doesn't want a dude make friends she does she says she wants to choose who she marries she wants to marry for love that is on her list of priorities but she's also three days from being forced to marry god knows who so yeah that's an understandable priority for her is you know choose who i marry choose when i marry make my own friends is something she says right so i've never had any real friends except raja um i've never even been outside the palace walls these are the things that she explicitly wants and she drops all of them for marry who I want. I'll otherwise stay in the palace. I don't need friends. And that sucks a little bit. I was really like, really, Jasmine's like the feminist icon go to in the Renaissance. If you're trying yeah. to think of like who to, and it's really not the case. It's not actually. Now I'm kind of putting this more on Pocahontas. I'm wondering what Pocahontas yeah. is going to be like, because I don't think it's going to be. I don't know. I don't know, man. But I was surprised by Jasmine's lack of development. But back to the theme of uh, and ending the theme of freedom, because this is what this is all about, right? Mm -hmm. Freedom to choose, freedom, economic freedom and mobility. And then with the genie, literal freedom, right? To be his own master, better than all the magic and all the treasure in all the world. Yep. So that one's pretty obvious. I don't know. Do you have anything more than the fact that that's there to add to it? No, 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 no. I just, I think it's, I think it is a good, dude, this is just like, it's just a solid ending. Like it's a solid yeah. lesson learned for everybody, but Jasmine. Uh, yeah, and, except for Jasmine. Yeah, except for Jasmine. The genie, like, the genie becoming free closes the loop on his freedom. Yeah. Uh, his version of freedom. Cause we see all these different versions of what it means to be free. Um, and so it, it caps his off and it's a big part of the payoff for Aladdin's like integrity. Tell the truth, keep your promises. Like it's, right. it's all very well weaved in. Yeah. It's super good. I think I struggle so much because this is oh, dude it's just it's hard man like it's it's this is built up to be such a great story and i am kind of let down now that i've examined this 
I don't know. I think it's still good. I think it's just no. Really it is. It's still it's it. still great. I think. Yeah. I think it's just like that right off the mark kind of thing. What, what's interesting is the things that we're missing here to tie these themes together for Aladdin and Jasmine, namely. I think the genie and Jafar get tied off nicely, which we'll yeah. talk about Jafar in a sec. But um, for Aladdin and Jasmine, it's like rather than needing that extra fifteen to twenty minutes that we're always talking about, it's one to two lines of dialogue. Everything's here. Yeah. All we needed, it's a couple of lines. And and honestly, it's still really good. Like, but yeah, it does, it misses it by just nothing. By mm-hmm. by barely it, like lines of dialogue. It's so well set up. It's not like, oh, wouldn't all this make more sense if we had 20 minutes where we got to explore X, Y, and Z? It's really just I need that one line from Jasmine, you know, or a scene where they're out in the world and she's like aladdin's gonna show me right the world. yeah Loop-a-doop-a-doo, it rhymes like close that <laughs> loop that's all the fuck i need is like i'm so happy now i can see agrabah and you can show me agrabah and i can and i and dad i'm also gonna change a rule my kids are gonna be allowed to leave the palace and i too will leave the palace and like go amongst the people that's all we're missing it's like one yeah. line at the end of the movie so they they did good they just and i'm struggling but, to remember if the live action does that or not I don't think so. I think they focus more on some other things that didn't need to be. I only saw it one time. I only saw it one time too, but I think it's all about her, like being able to be in power. Yeah. So, right. Cause it's like, she's going to get, it's more about the line of succession in the live action, less about these sort of character. Right. Right. Um, But they do close the loop on freedom with, with the genie by juxtaposing the two genies. So that's, what's really good writing here too. So we have the two, like, the um couple protagonist and then we have genie and jafar juxtaposed like as the two genies so while genie gains his freedom through like aladdin's integrity Mm. um jafar loses his freedom through greed yeah phenomenal cosmic power and he has to learn that like he thinks that power phenomenal cosmic power will give him freedom but power alone doesn't make you free and money alone doesn't make you free and lack of responsibility alone doesn't <laughs> make you free. <laughs> right. It's, None of these things do it by themselves. Yeah. You, you need to have a, um, a wider view of the world. You need to have a greater understanding of like intricacy and like politics and economics. And like, i I think it's pretty well done. It's just slightly misses like really just telling us that this is what it's trying to say, but like, it's yeah. still good. Talk to me about uh, the, the chump husband. The Let's chump the bad husband. Guy. Oh my God, dude. Jafar, Jafar is so like, great. He is like an iconic Disney villain. Like this is one of the real, like him, Ursula and, Jaf- and uh, uh, Scar. Yeah. Those are my three top, like, yeah. Renaissance bad guys. Like, damn. Like, yeah. Jafar is like top fucking tier. Oh, he so is. And here's the thing, like one of the, one of the best things about Jafar is he is yet another villain like Ursula who already possesses power. He's not trying to come up in the world or come upon a thing to get him out of squalor. He is the fucking grand vizier. He is second only to the Sultan. Which is why, I don't know why this is a plot hole when I was doing my research, but which is why the guards listen to him. His word is law. He carries like power right. with him, but he also possesses magical power. Um, 
I would have loved to know how he came by the staff. Yep. Uh, where he came from. Yup. Uh, just there's not enough about him for me to be like, dude, he's one of my favorite Disney villains. But he is absolutely up there. One of my favorite scenes in this movie when I was a kid was when he turns himself into a giant cobra because I love snakes. And the, his design just looks sick as fuck. But uh, it just... His plan is very one-dimensional. Yeah, I want to talk about that as we get a little further down here. Um because I have, I have questions about that. But like, I really like, um, I really do like him. I, I like that he, ha- something I, I noticed that he has in common with our very first Disney villain, who is the evil queen from Snow White. Yep. Is the dopest hidden lair in the castle. Oh, absolutely. The lairs in the castle. <laughs> it's so cool, right? It's, like, it, I dude, love that. It also leads into one of the funniest parts in the whole movie when Iago's just strutting out and he's like, hmm. And then he, he just shuts the door on him. <laughs> Dude, he's like, Jafar, can you put it? And he kicks him. And he's like, wow, that hurt. Jafar. I, I like when he's packing. Oh, yeah. And he's like, I don't know. Do you like this picture of me? I think I'm weird. I'm making a weird face. But you like. <laughs> <laughs> that was wicked funny. Um, I, I would really like to see a Jafar prequel. Like that yeah. is a movie that is warranted. Like in live action, would be lit of him. Like that is the Maleficent movie that we need. Uh, yeah. we don't. We didn't this need the Cruella cool. movie. The yeah, we need the Jafar movie. This I want to know cool. about that. Finding like each half of the Beetle thing and like finding the Cave of Wonders. Yeah, like what is the Cave of Wonders? Like what? What in the actual? How did he like learn that? about this? How did he learn magic? Like how does? I mean, technically, he doesn't really do a lot of magic. He just hypnotizes through. So that means that the staff is powerful. Yeah, he does kind of a significant amount of magic. Like a lot of what he accomplishes is is with the staff. And even if it's just that one power, uh, all of the X-Men only have one power each. You know what I mean? Well, like no, I know. Like, I'm not <laughs> I'm not like he should also be able to shoot snakes from his fingernails and stuff. But like, yeah, you know, he doesn't have to be able to do at, like be the genie, for instance, to be wicked powerful. He can have like his one trick and do a lot of damage. And he yeah. does. And almost more. But I like how when he tries to the sultan he's like but you're so old he's He's like like, the princess will marry me but you're so old it's like krista's dad is so offended oh i know um jafar is also i will just mention it every time he he is one of the queer coded villains pretty much all of them are uh it's a problem we talk about it every time oh yeah jafar is also awesome uh he's one of the more overt ones Right? He like only has like one or two moments. Where it's uh, the only part that I ever noticed it in was um, the way he laughs. <laughs> yeah, it's just his suave all of yeah. all of the way that he is. He's very like Scar. Like he's queer coded yes. the same way that Scar is. Who is the most? I would argue like he's up there. We're gonna talk about that next week. Well, not next week. Next Disney movie. Yeah. Um, but I really like that. Ew, that oh, he and the other being beheaded. That was probably the most queer coded moment yeah. when they both do that together. Uh, yeah, that's that's a good one. He says at one point, uh, "Who's going to marry the shrew?" Or that he will marry the shrew. Talking about Jasmine, yeah, uh, which is a Shakespeare reference to the Taming of the Shrew, better known as Ten Things I Hate About You. This is like the third Shakespeare reference we've had in the last Disney mo- three Disney movies. Yeah, Beauty way. and the Beast, Fern Gully, and Aladdin. Obviously, Lion King. 
all major shout outs to the bard. Yep. Pretty awesome, so actually. Cool. Yeah, I'll be watching for that. I'll be missing many, I'm sure. Oh, uh, I'm sure. But it's hard to miss The Lion King since that's what The Lion King's based Fucking on. Fucking Hamlet, but yeah, that's whatever. The story of The Lion King is Hamlet, <laughs> yeah. but yeah. Like, so completely, it's unreal. Yeah. Um. But yeah, so let's let's talk about Jafar's plan, though. Like, yeah, uh, he does make himself pretty clear, but I think that there are still questions. So his wishes are that he wants to rule as sultan. he wants to be a he wants to rule as sultan. He wants to be an all powerful sorcerer, and then he wants to be a genie. I think it's the most powerful sorcerer or something, and then an all-powerful. Oh, the genie. most powerful sorcerer in the world, yeah. And then an all-powerful genie, and but it's like I don't know. What do you think about this? What do you think about Jafar's plan and his goals? So his the problem that I have with it is we don't know what his original plan was once right. he got the lamp, right? Because his wishes are create are based on the events happening right in front of him. Yeah, 100%. Like, he's like, well, I want to be Sultan. Which, this is as good a time as any to talk about it. Um, It creates a very weird plot hole. Because just saying I want to be Sultan doesn't really mean anything. If he really were going to become Sultan, the wish would have transformed him into Jasmine's dad. It wouldn't have just given him Sultan clothes. That doesn't do anything. Well, it's like, the same did it also becoming a prince. That's what right? I mean. So, like, did it also alter everyone's memory? To think, think that so. it, 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 we have no idea. But that's the plot hole. Is when Aladdin wishes for his, Aladdin's is a little bit bigger, but when Aladdin wishes to become a prince, genie literally has to create an entire nation. Like the yeah. the world of Ababwa or the country of Ababwa is created. That's a real place. And so at no point during the movie is he ever not still a prince of Ababwa because Ababwa still exists. So yeah, which is why well, or is his, does it, right? Or or does Genie create like like the in the minds of the people, like their memory hasn't been erased. They just accept yeah. that like this is true. You are the Sultan. Like it just magically changes, like without needing to deal with any kind of transfer of power. It just is, yes, this is so. And it means nothing. And he yeah, immediately changes shit. those robes when he becomes the most powerful sorcerer. He immediately goes back oh, to the goes back. Outfit. Yeah, he goes to a much more like Melkorish looking like it's so it's his oh, old, yeah. like, I know, it's his old black and red stuff, which is, you would think, anybody who knows me knows that my color scheme is black, red, and gold. Everything I wear is black, red, and gold. Um, You would think that that is, like, the end-all, be-all for him, right? Like, he's a sultan or whatever. And then, like, he goes back to these old garbs, which are a little bit more the red and black garbs, and it's just a little sharper, and it's just a little bit more powerful-looking. And then he's like, I want to be a genie. And I don't know. I just, I don't like his plan once he gets the lamp because he's doing everything based on the things that happen right in front of him. Yeah. How to get the lamp was a good plan. And it was obvious and we watched every step of it. Oh yeah. He was cunning. He was clever. He was manipulative. He was patient. 
But as soon as he had the lamp, and I get it, dude. Like, you get the lamp, and you're like, dude, all my problems are gone. But, like, he lets – he it's the folly of every villain. But he lets the events of what's happening before him and his ego control what leads him. And he does allow himself to be manipulated by Aladdin in the end. But I don't know. I just – I don't – his plan for me falls really flat. Yeah, I think it's really fascinating that um, Iago suggests that he become the sultan. Yeah. Right? So, like, the one wish that I think makes sense that would probably, if I were to guess, the original first wish that he would have had would have been to be the most powerful sorcerer. Because he already has magic. He knows about the lamp. Surely more magic would help him. Like we said, he's got one power, but, like, wouldn't it be dope if he could have all the powers? Like, he's probably thinking that, too. He's got this one thing with the snake staff. It's working well for him. I wouldn't be surprised if wanting to be a powerful sorcerer was next. Like that that's what he wanted. So I believe that wish. Iago suggests being Sultan and he just yeah. sort of rolls with this. Like so I kind of I kind of get that like in the moment decision of like, no, this is like my current goal. Like this actually makes sense. I'm maybe I'm seeing things bigger than I used to before. I used to just want to be a sorcerer, but now I want to be a sorcerer and Sultan. Yeah. Um wish to be a genie he gets tricked into by aladdin right so i just i wonder what his other wishes would have been had he not been in this pickle like let's say he gets the lamp and aladdin dies and none of this is happening and he just can do whatever he wants like does he little finger his way to the top here because my guy is kind of like like little finger like the political machinations of little finger with the knowledge of the castle of varies oh i know yeah like the way he gets through the the tunnel out of the the dungeons and stuff like my dude is like varies plus little finger plus melisandra like oh yeah this guy's awesome right like jafar's sweet yeah so, he's kind of a badass okay i love that so what do we think he would have done like i think honestly i think his first wish would have been to be an all-powerful sorcerer he had that one ready and loaded like yeah that seems like the go-to for sure i think that's the first yeah wish. I, dude, I don't know. I, the problem is, and this is just me being like critical of not knowing something in the world of like in the world of this movie, what kind of power does he now have as the world's most powerful sorcerer? Can he just make himself Sultan because he's the most powerful sorcerer? Does he even need the wish now? I don't think so. I think to be Sultan, like to just change reality, because it's a little bit of what's happening, right? I think the genie's right. powers to make him Sultan or make Aladdin a prince. I don't know that the entire nation of uh, Ababwa. Ababwa has to exist. I think this might be like a Scarlet Witch. Suspension like, of reality kind of thing. It's just yeah. a reality warping. Like I say that this is so it is, and it doesn't even really have to be for it. You know, I don't know. If that makes any sense, but I think he probably does need the genie to warp reality for him to be uh, the sultan, because clearly there's a difference between the power levels of a sorcerer and of the genie. And he recognizes that or he wouldn't have made the wish. Right. If so he he could do it anyway. But if OK, if that's true. Why does someone else getting the lamp undo Aladdin's wishes? Wouldn't the whole world have still believed that a Babwa was real? Because Genie's not like, I wish for you to undo what he did. Well, but then Genie does in the end. He's like, oh, one prince pedigree coming up. Like, he's going to do it again. Like, you're no longer a prince because Jafar changed your outfit. 
Right. That's I have to I'm... redo it. Or did Jafar have the power to undo that reality warp to say See, no, and is... now you no longer are? This is a rabbit hole I cannot go down because this Why is going to a... be me trying to figure out what can Gandalf do and not do and stuff like it, It's just like it's hard for me to, to get around like... this one. Why isn't this what the live action was about? Like, there's some I way know. cool shit to talk about than what they For did. For real. Like, this is cool. Like, I, the, I would have loved to have understand, uh, understood how Jafar becoming Sultan actually changed everything. Mm-hmm. But I that mean, part of it part is of the that- end. Part of it's just him wanting them to bow to him. Like, it's very, like, yeah. I don't know. It's, I would really like a Jafar movie very much so that even goes through the events of Aladdin. Yeah. Like give me all the Jafar in the background. Like I don't need to see any of Aladdin and Jasmine doing anything. (laughs) Like just show me Jafar. Yeah. (laughs) And I, I just like, even if it was like a montage leading up to like this battle at the end from Jafar's perspective and then the end of the movie. Right. Like if they did a montage that was the rest of Aladdin, it's just like Jafar, like saying like dismissive things while he watches them make out on the carpet and stuff. (laughs) And that's like a quick montage. And then we get like, well, he watches them make out of the movie. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I do love that moment. I do love carpet. Um, Do we have anything else on Jafar? No, I just, I want more so much more Jafar is awesome but who cares no big deal Iago is also awesome I guess we can say that Iago is amazing you guys also, okay I, I as far as like thank just, you yeah I um you. I as it. far as like evil henchmen go I Iago is like top tier like he he is he's who all evil henchmen should aspire to be because Absolutely. he still like listens to Jafar, but he and he still like wants him to succeed and like because he's the one that suggests he becomes Sultan. But at the same time, he's also like ridiculously self-serving. He makes oh yeah, uh, what do you call it? He force feeds the Sultan crackers as like a personal vengeance, and I'm like, Yo, this that is was a- fucked up. It was really fucked up, honestly. There, okay, I forgot to mention this at the beginning of the fucking episode, but. Do you guys understand how how gruesome parts of this movie actually are? After the Arabian night scene, the movie literally opens up with a man being buried alive. Well, this is a lot of the cultural problems. Very true. Um, That's exactly the reason that there's a warning on the front of this movie. Um, They try to cut off Jasmine's hand. They're going to cut off her so it's, her arm. Yeah, uh, it's the depiction of Arab culture is just fucking ridiculous. Yeah. Um, that's uh, that's why this has the warning on it. Also, for some reason, people think it's like a crazy uh, like gotcha moment, but it's dummy aware that the salesman at the beginning is the genie. I don't know why people are like, hey, did you know? Like, it's, no shit. It's not an Easter egg. That's why it's not in the notes. It's yeah. obviously the case. It's, it's so obvious. obvious. The genie is like living his life and he's telling the story and selling stuff. And this is like the genie. <laughs> it slices and dices and will not break. It broke. It broke. <laughs> um, But I like how he carries the lamp around. Yeah. Like that he still has it. Yeah. Um. Robin fucking motherfucking Williams. Oh my God, dude. He slays this movie so hard. Holy shit. Yes. Yes. When I would drop people off in high school, 
Uh, like if I would give people rides home from school and shit, every time we were getting close to their house, I would literally just say, thank you for choosing magic carpet for all your travel needs. Please don't stand until the rug has come to a complete stop. <laughs> I think I love him so much because he fourth wall breaks in a way that's like still hilarious, mm-hmm. but still like part of the story where he's like changing a boo into a bunch of different shit. And he turns him into a car at one point and no one's like, what the fuck was that? Yeah, right? Like, well, and he turns them into other Disney characters. There's a yeah. lot of other Disney character <laughs> references. Like, this movie has the most, right? Like, they yeah. talk about Dumbo, and he turns into Pinocchio. And <laughs> Oh, my God, that's right. <laughs> I'll, uh, I'll use my last wish to free you. Yeah, right. Uh-huh. Woo-hoo. And his head changes yeah. into Pinocchio. <laughs> yeah, and his nose grows. <laughs> God damn it, I forgot about that. Um, but he is just so good. I mean, we're like a half an hour into this movie and it's already great. And you don't even think it like is missing anything. And then you get this and it's just like, oh my God, like it just, it's, it's just so incredible and it's so iconic and just often imitated, but never duplicated. It's the heart of this movie. Oh Yeah. Um, it's it's oh my god dude. he's i love him so much like in all of all three of the movies i love him yeah even even when it's homer simpson and not <laughs> yeah that's ugh, dude it's so noticeable too it's weird yeah we're gonna talk about that but what i what i really like too is that like the genie is the heart of this movie but he's not aladdin's source of like power freedom like we've been talking about right no he's, he's not the- ultimately ultimately he doesn't help aladdin in the end he can't he really can't yeah which is fucking weird which for we'll get there but um there's so much world building that i'm like what is happening in this movie uh but he's not aladdin's source of power aladdin has to find his own self-worth and his own like that he has you know he's like i'm a street rat i'll improvise like he figures this shit out on his own he uses his intellect to solve this problem in the end and beats a genius aladdin is very self-sufficient yeah, of course he is. My kid blew, uh, grew up on the street by himself, yeah. My which guy. is so sad. <laughs> My guy grew up all by himself on the street. But yeah, that's really sad in the third movie. Um, but yeah, it's 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 awesome. And I love that he's not the solution to the plot because he is at that time powerless. Yeah. Like this whole this thing is done so well. Like the themes are 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 woven throughout the whole movie and it's great. It's so well done. But I want to talk about all the ways it doesn't make sense and like, what the fuck? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. I'm going to stop this right now because I have to have this argument. And I've wondered this for my entire life after seeing this movie. Why does he only have one wish left? Does the genie genuinely count saving his life as a wish? Yeah. That is so dumb. Yeah. That is so fucking dumb. I think like genie can't interfere. He literally can't interfere unless he says, genie, I wish for you to save my life. That's fucking stupid. I don't think it's that he can't interfere. He says he literally says, Al, I can't do anything until you make a wish. Right, right, right. But here's what I think it is. The first time that happens in the cave of wonders, genie gets tricked. So it's kind of out. But the second time he would have to be doing it willingly. And Jeannie is a slave. Jeannie doesn't get to choose what he does. Jeannie. uh, These are the rules. 
right? If Genie could just like do whatever he wanted outside of the wishes he was granting, he would have a lot more freedom. Like he can't. That's the point. Like he's a slave to the lamp. So sorry. No, that's fine. I just like, I don't, I don't know why it took me that long to put together that he got tricked into doing it the first time. Yeah. That's and that's why he can't do it the second time. Okay. A little bit like an Aes Sedai. Yeah. Right. If an Aes Sedai really believes something to be true that isn't true, she can say it. It's not a lie, but she can't say something that she knows isn't true because of the oaths. It's like that. I would imagine. No, and that's I okay. So that's I'm a little bit okay. I'm I'm more okay with that now. That okay. still sucks ass, but like, all right, because he's dude. So we hit on this a little bit, like, but he creates life, yes, right. Or are these just like golems of all these animals and this menagerie and all? No, they have. That's the thing. Like, they have to exist. Yeah. Like he brings things into life, but he can't reanimate life. So, like, that means these things still exist. He can't kill people. So, those people that he created are somewhere. Or. They're illusions. Yeah. Is it one big, like, reality warp that he has to, like, keep going, but that he can stop doing at any time and that they're not real? This has to be a Wanda situation, dude. Yeah, because he can create all kinds of shit, like chairs and a dressing room and like whatever. Like that's like Genie's main go-to thing is that he like creates stuff. Yeah. So I don't see why these can't just be like like a WandaVision automaton situation where like the further you get from Wanda, the least personality you have and you're just repeating the same action over and over again. Like, <laughs> yeah. Like honestly, I, I'm pretty sure. You know what? It, I've been trying to think of the comparison. It's like in The Good Place. When, um, when like Janet creates people at the end of that show, um, and they create like all of the, have you seen the good place? I'm familiar enough with it. Oh my God. It's like, I know so fucking good, but no, it's like, it's like that for listeners who know the good place. It's like when Janet creates all of the townspeople and she has to like manage them from inside her void and it stresses her the fuck out. Cause she has like a billion people to like try and handle (laughs) that she created that she can at any time poof they're gone like they don't exist like they only exist for as long as she is like manifesting them into the world so i think it's that and that they're not living breathing like life that she created um i don't i'd be okay i'd settle for that i'd be okay with that because like what that, that destroys the plot hole too like so that's totally fine Exactly. I don't think that that city exists. I think that they've just said, like, then it exists. I say so. I'm the genie. Yeah. Thank you. Which is like, it doesn't totally make sense. But I kind of like that about it. I like that the magic in this is a little ambiguous of like, how did they do this? Like, what the fuck are the rules? I believe everyone's um, favorite phrase is soft magic system. Yeah, this is an extremely soft magic yeah. system. This is just, um, there's magic, do whatever. So... The other interesting thing about because Genie lays out his rules, right? Right. Uh, master, there are some quick pro quo, uh, pro quos, I, which also the, provisos. We provisos. say that all the time. On the we podcast. do say that all the time, and I Two never provisos. understood why there's a why he says there's quid pro quos because that doesn't apply here. 
no, it doesn't. <laughs> there are no if this then that things in his rules. Unless it's like if you if I give you these wishes, then you can't do this. That's the only you know thing what? that makes sense. You know what I think it is? Mm-hmm. Uh because he's doing like a impersonation when he does that. Oh. And a lot of the impersonations that Jeannie does during Friend Like Me very sadly go over our heads because they were jokes (laughs) written for our parents. Yeah. So we don't understand them. And there's a bunch of Gen Xers listening right now who are like, you fucking idiots. Yeah, you guys are dumb as fuck. They're referencing this guy and this is what he said. And so, yeah, for our Gen Xers, like, please do feel free to let us know what the genie's joking about because trust that we don't know. And I didn't look it up. I have seen videos before, though, that are like, this is an impersonation of such and such person who was like, blah, 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 like news personalities and like people that we just wouldn't know. But I'm sure that the use of the word quid pro quo is like very relevant to whomever he is impersonating. And I don't know who it was. So William F. Buckley Jr. I still don't know. (laughs) And yeah, all right. I got you. Uh, He was an influential figure in conservative movement in the American dating back to the 1960s. He founded the magazine National Review in 1955 and was its editor-in-chief until 1990. Uh, He hosted a television show called Firing Line. Why would a notorious lefty like Robin Williams burst into not one but two Buckley caricatures in the original Aladdin? Yeah, that's actually a really good question because it doesn't really apply here. That's all right. Well, the more you know. Um, the genie does say, though, he's <laughs> like, whatever. No, I just like, I was just like, I appreciate pulling that up. I'm like, yeah, sure. So he doesn't like bringing people back from the dead. No. Don't like doing it. Implying that he can. Yeah. Right. So he can do that. Um, I also want to know. What are the rules of the lamp? Why can Jafar take over the genie while Aladdin still has a wish left? Yeah. Could Aladdin have wished, like, I wish that you would never grant any wishes to Jafar anymore and undo. I wish that you would undo and never serve Jafar again. Can Aladdin wish that while this is happening and undo this entire shit show? I would imagine he probably, you know what? Aladdin would have had to have thought that far ahead. But, yeah, I mean, technically, Aladdin could have said no one can possess. I wish that no one could possess the lamp until I'm done. Well, in which case, at which point he's done. I guess the thing is, like, he would have to. He only has one wish left. So, like, it would have to be the wish that stops the violence. Right. But I just don't really understand why Jafar has the ability to pick it up. And if that's the case, then why is the goal not to get it to Jasmine or the Sultan to make further wishes and Genie yeah. can be serving everybody? Why does Genie say, like, I I work for senior psychopath now? Which is so funny. But like, how can he? How does that break? Like, <laughs> work for seniors i completely forgot he says that al i can't help you right now okay i work for senior psychopath yeah <laughs> and it's like why why does he say that why wouldn't he still be like does aladdin pause while he now is with jafar like what are the rules of lamp handoff i would like to understand i think it's just whoever possesses the lamp or summons genie from the lamp gets those wishes because when aladdin when the, when it's all said and done and aladdin goes back and has the lamp again he still only has his one wish it's not like well dude you lost the lamp you're done 
also you're right because they're trying to get the lamp the whole time. Yeah. Not, so you're right. It might be whoever possesses it. That could be right. And then if you're if so, if you lose the lamp while you're mid wishing, if you're ever able to get it back, you still only have so many wishes. But that doesn't right. mean that it can't serve other masters while you fucked up. Right. Yeah. Okay. Or also, sense. like, why didn't they give the lamp to Jasmine? Right. Well, they should have. Like, that yeah. should have been the plan the whole time. The plan that I mean, Jasmine would have immediately used it to set the genie free. Jasmine oh. didn't act on anything that she wanted. Well, she had everything she wanted. Yeah. Why didn't they give it to Jasmine and be like, hey, let's wish for a bunch of dope shit? And like, then we'll free the genie. Yeah. Like, also, genie could have at any point been like, look, you, you guys, like, we're cool. So if you wish me free, I'll do whatever favors you want. Yeah, for real. He still can alter reality. So put it in a contract and send it to under the sea court. Oh my God. Under sea court. Let's go. We're back. Yeah, Under the sea contract court would have taken care of this shit, right? They could have sent this down. The Triton could have signed it. <laughs> yeah, this holds up. This, yeah, this works. This works. Jeannie, you now all them infinite favors later. I mean, and Jeannie comes back. He's, he says very clearly, like I, like wanted to come back and like Jaf- in return of Jafar, like it's obvious that genie is considered a re- like a threat to Jafar because he'll fight for Aladdin and Jasmine. Like once he yeah, has his he freedom, gets- he can do whatever he wants. So genie should have been using that as leverage of like, look, Al, like I will still fucking make you a prince. I've promised. Send it to undersea court. Yeah, I will. I will do it. I'll create the country of Abu Abu. Abu Abu. I could see it. Dude. Anyway. What in the ever-loving fuck is the Cave of Wonders, and why don't we get more information, and why is there not a ride? Yeah, that kind of blows my mind, too. How did the lamp get there? Why is Aladdin destined to be able to enter it, like, so he can be a prince, so Aladdin can have money? Yeah, like, what is why, the big, why? why is it a diamond in the rough? Like, that technically could have been anybody. It could have been someone down on their luck that just has a good heart. Well, and it Aladdin didn't have to be like, Aladdin. I'm not saying that he's not hot and I'm not saying that he's not ultimately a good guy. Both those things are true. But Aladdin also is like immediately a liar, immediately has no integrity. The minute that he has the lamp, the first thing that he does is have no integrity. So what, why did he earn the lamp? What makes him special? He immediately, and, and sure he learns to tell the truth and everything. But I mean, if we're considering these sequels to be such, you know, highbrow canon, I mean, my dude continues to lie to Jasmine for straight up both sequels. And what the fuck? Why is he worthy of a lamp? Yeah. I was about to say he doesn't lie in the third one, but they lie about who his dad is. Yeah, and brings him to the party and it all gets <laughs> fucked up. And he like he lies to Jasmine about what he's doing and he lies to her about Iago. And, and she's like, did you lie to me again? And it's like, how'd you get this beautiful thing? Must have cost you a fortune. He's like, oh, it was a steal. (laughs) 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 Jesus, Aladdin. Like, I just, I don't know, man. I'm not sure Aladdin really was like the guy to be so deserving of the lamp and of the cable wonders. I don't get it. That's the big part about the third one, too, is like, it shows that Aladdin will always be not to make the joke or whatever, but part of that world, he will always be a part of that. Like street urchin got a steel world. Yeah. And I think, I don't know, dude, like it's, it's super rough to, to try to explain things that we don't even get enough information about to build even the framework of an idea. 
why is the device that that brings forth the cave of wonders an egyptian artifact because it's a it's a gross representation of like trying to mash together all of the arab cultures right that's what i'm saying like none of this like matches because of, of the reason it has the the full screen warning. right the full screen warning yeah <laughs> like, yeah because it's bad because parts of it are bad and parts of it are like the best thing i've ever seen yeah so this is such an up and down movie there's a lot of like good and bad elements of this uh there really should be a ride for cable wonder so like i don't know how that's not it should be the story ride what are we called what, what, what are the dark called? it should be a dark, dark ride uh, no 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 dark sorry yes dark ride is what you're saying i think it should be a dark indoor coaster that'd be sick as fuck dude like the rock and roller coaster yeah and it should play friend like me in the speakers just like rock and roller coaster does hell yeah dude they should retire rock and roller coaster and remodel it as aladdin's like the cave of wonders I'm call it the cave of wonders that. it would be so fucking cool disney why don't you pay me for these ideas dude for real what are we doing here right now all right that's anyway. the end of the podcast bye we're going to go yeah. work for disney yep we'll be designing rides um <laughs> I, all right other like random shit on the di- on the genie and then we'll talk about uh robin williams and eventually end this podcast i don't know when but right, someday um, you know when we're old i so i like that there's no like genie's like yeah you're a prince now but like low-key like we're not gonna make a backstory like yeah you Aladdin just come out of nowhere he doesn't know where ababwa is he doesn't have any kind of like i love when he's like further than you've traveled i'm sure and jafar's like try me try like, me make me a prequel and so like <laughs> Well, and not only does... I'm like, where have you been, Jafar slash Melisandre? How was a shy? Like, I would really... He has seen some shit, dude. Ah, He's so goddamn confident about it, too. He's like, bruh, fucking bet. No cap. No cap. I want so much more. Um, But yeah, Aladdin... But I think part of that is thematic, too, right? Like, like Aladdin's, like, just thinks it's about the show of wealth. Like, they kind of just... Yeah, it's all external. That's all it means to be a prince. That's all it means to be good enough for her. I just, he's not thinking at all. Um, what a doofus. Friend like me is funny and ironic because Aladdin says a booze his only friend. So yeah. Aladdin's like, is... yeah, no, my friends can't do any of this. Also, I, I love the way Abu introduces himself. We didn't really talk about the animals very much, but. I just like I don't know I just fucking love it man we're gonna talk about the animals I have a question about that and the room requirement because okay, this podcast good. will never end anything else random on the genie before we talk about Robin Williams and all this crazy shit no this this is where we get this is where my rose colored glasses fall off and I I have to admit there are things that are not super great about the way that Disney operated it, like absolutely it sucks and like you guys know or you should know by now or if you're just now listening to the podcast for the first time then um surprise uh walt disney is one of my personal heroes he, he his belief in imagination and the power that it can provide to people is phenomenal to me and the things that he did and the technology that he created and the envelopes that he pushed it's basically why we have the entertainment industry that we have today. Um, But when I was younger, I was forced to acknowledge that he did not great things. 
He like for example, he didn't hire minorities to to work at Disneyland when Disneyland first opened in 1955. Um, he didn't hire female artists for a very very long time. Yeah. Um, and doing this podcast, I'm sorry to be on a soapbox for a minute, but like doing this podcast has forced me to come to terms with the darker side of great things. Mm-hmm. And this yeah. movie is a very, very huge shining moment of not great things because they yeah. Disney straight up lied to Robin Williams about a lot of this shit. Yeah, it's so juicy, isn't it? It is. Everybody has kind of a different story and it's all like a legal argument. So right. it's very like, who knows if Disney like, so here's, here's what happened. Robin wanted to be part of the animation tradition of Disney, right? Which we talked about in the Fern Gully things. He wanted to do it in Fern Gully too, but also that was, there was a lot of his like environmental stuff that went into that. He really wanted to be in this Disney movie, but he didn't want it to be a big financial hoopla like he was paid scale at hit which he chose which means he was paid like seventy thousand dollars to do this or something like nothing right for what this movie made right which box office alone right it was what what was wasn't it like 350 million 342.5 million yeah like it's like a lot of money right robin williams made like 70 grand and so what he he said on the today show um, kind of during and after the controversy, he said, the one thing I said was I'll do the voice. I'm doing it basically because I want to be part of this animation tradition. I want something for my children. One deal is I just don't want to sell anything as in Burger King, as in toys, as in stuff. Yeah. He didn't want to do commercials. Right. And so this is where it gets question marky. Disney has a right to the character. Right. And he said, don't use my voice for this shit. Yeah. Um, and he also said, like, I don't want to be in more than like 25% of the marketing, which if you look at the original poster for it, the genie is the entire top 25% of the poster. Yep. <laughs> right? <laughs> like, so they were pushing all the boundaries because they know the genie's the heart of this movie. He's the best part of the movie. He's the big pull and he's the big name. And this is why they tried to sabotage Ferngully because they wanted Robin Williams to be like this thing they were selling. And he's like, no, you can't sell me. So what Disney did was they're like, cool, we won't use your voice, but we will do commercials and all this other shit with other people imitating your voice. And it's not you. And they were like, what what Robin said was on the Today Show, he said, not only did they use my voice, they took a character I did and overdubbed it to sell stuff. That was the one thing I said, I don't do that. That was the one thing where they crossed the line. So what they did was they they dubbed the genie. So it mm-hmm. wasn't technically Robin. So it's like, did Disney lie or did Disney act like the giant fucking conglomerate that they are and look for the loopholes in the contract? Because oh, yeah. under the C contract court didn't look at this. Yeah, they isodied the shit out of them. They twisted the truth. Yes, dude. Right. They did. They told an eye. You guys see what Lindsay has done to me. That sentence would never have fucking come out of my mouth. It's really, really made me happy. I know. It's this is what a great, what a time to be alive. (laughs) But it's like, yeah, they kind of, I, it, you really can't call it anything but a loophole. That's absolutely what it is. Yeah. 
And it makes sense because how the fuck are they not going to use the, the genie in marketing and stuff? Like that's yeah. kind of insane. Like I love Robin Williams and think that they should have respected whatever. Like obviously Disney is like the giant conglomerate as well, yeah. obviously. Um, but <laughs> like, but yeah, it's kind of not the most realistic or reasonable request by Robin, is it? If we're really being real. No, I mean, you got like, yeah. just being, being real, you know, like this well, isn't the perfect world. If he were smart knowing, yeah, well, that's the thing. Like if he were smart going into this, knowing that it's Disney. Well, so yeah, it would have been him not knowing or like not having the wherewithal to foresee that Katzenberg would find a way around that. That's on Robin. So I'm not going to say that Disney is solely blameless in this, but if Robin had had that foresight, he probably could have been like, if you use Genie for X, he could have pulled a George Lucas and said, I want X percentage of the revenue received from Genie's merchandise. Well, and here's the problem is that he didn't want the money. And Disney right. did snap back and say he was mad that we didn't pay him more when the movie made more money. And I'm like, he never wanted to make money. That was the point you got. That's gaslighting. Like Disney, now you're really lying to us. Like that doesn't make sense. You're redrawing the narrative um, in a way that doesn't track when you think about it for more than 10 seconds. The only way that that narrative from Disney makes sense is if you are like Aladdin, so focused on money. Oh yeah. And thinking that that's going to solve everything that you immediately think that Disney must be right because who would want anything but money. Right. Actually it's very apropos of the Aladdin story. Right. It's like Robin was looking for the cash. Yeah. So, um, an anonymous source told the LA times, we did not use his voice in any way that he didn't contractually agree to. It's probably true. Yeah. Uh, And then what they say that's more controversial is he agreed to the deal. And then when the movie turned out to be a big hit, he didn't like the deal he'd made. And it's like, I mean, that might be true because you live in the world of like the Happy Meal. Like this was like if for folks who were not remembering the early 90s. I mean, toys were paramount. The amount of money that this movie must have made on merchandising. I mean, it's like, of course, it had a G- video game. It had one of the most difficult video games ever created. Mm-hmm. It it, it had books. It, oh, my God, dude. Like it. That's why I'm kind of blown away that the show only lasted for like just over a year. I know because Aladdin was fucking huge. Aladdin and the Lion King were like the end all be all just foundation of all of our childhoods. It was Aladdin and the fucking Lion King. And if you look at it now, like, dude, the Lion King's gotten so much stuff. It got a Broadway musical. It got two fucking direct. Technically, it got a re-release of a sequel. It got did it really? It has a show. Yeah. Aladdin has a Broadway show. That's crazy. I I don't know if it was on, but I think it was on Broadway. Um, Maybe it wasn't on. Maybe it wasn't. There is some kind of show, though. It might have been a, a special on PBS or something. Oh, that would make like sense. That. Like when they did The Little Mermaid a couple of years ago. Yeah. But in the end, um, Disney sort of owned being in the wrong. They actually brought, bought Robin a Picasso, like a late, okay, late stage dude. Picasso to apologize. And then Robin did not come back, as we've mentioned, for Return of the Jafar, but did for King of, King of Thieves. They had to pay him a fuckload of money to come back. Oh, though. yeah. <laughs> but yeah. he came. Um, so that's kind of the Robin Williams story of this and, yeah. and the genie. Also, you called it Return of the Jafar because <laughs> you were like on the road to Return of the Je- uh, Return of the Jedi. <laughs> I probably was. <laughs> I was like, wait. Oh yeah, okay. No, that's where she's going. <laughs> Return of the Jafar. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Um, shall we go to the room of requirement? Yes, let us. 
I hear like we kind of already talked touched on it a little bit, but holy shit, this movie is funny. From start to finish, this movie is so funny. Yeah, there's a lot of really good lines. Like everything from Iago and the genie and and to an extent Jafar. It's hilarious. Yeah. A lot of Jafar's is like towards the end, I guess. Also, No, I think it's the way he talks to Iago. He's like, his majesty certainly has a way with dumb animals. <laughs> and Iago's like, fuck you, dude. Just the way he, like, his just whole sort of way of being is hilarious. Yeah. Um, I like when Sultan says that Jasmine's mom was never so picky. <laughs> <laughs> she settled for him. She settled for him. Oh, my yeah, God. Yeah, that was funny. He is a good um, dude. Like, I'll, I'll say this. Like, Sultan is, like, he's just a giddy, aloof moron. He's Sultan's a lovable oaf. He solves all the problems of the plot. He like really Sultan does. Like Aladdin and Jasmine are totally ready to say goodbye to each other yep. in order to give Genie his freedom. And the Sultan's like, wait, hang on. Maybe I also can yeah. do something here. Like, what a fucking doofus. That not to like none of the plot had to happen, but but you know, yeah, he's he saves the day. It's all Sultan. No one even asks him. They're not even like daddy please. Like he just yeah. is like, Yeah, okay, I'm just gonna much like King Triton. Oh, it's very much like, so. Oh, all right, all right. The plot was dramatic. I'll, I'll fix it. <laughs> I, I really liked when Iago turns himself up to an eleven. I thought that was relevant. Iago's like he's like when he's talking about. Uh, I think he's like talking to himself, like imitating his conversation with Jafar. Oh my and he's god! Like, yeah. On a scale of one to ten, I would say an eleven. <laughs> <laughs> you are an eleven. Yes, oh Jafar. Like, yeah, right. It's uh, yeah, it's awesome. So, I liked that. Um, and then you had one here. Oh on yeah. So if you listen really carefully, um, the Disney Plus one doesn't have it. So if anybody still has it on VHS, if you listen very carefully, as the lava pools are causing the rock steps to explode, and Abu is on the center one, it'll show two exploding on the left and two exploding on the right. As the second one on the right explodes, if you listen carefully, it sounds like a boo goes, oh, shit. However, we might as well say this now. The uh, the rumor that Aladdin whispers, good teenagers, take off your clothes is not true. It has been confirmed multiple times to not be true. Uh, Tom Cito, who was a former Disney animator who worked on the film, confirmed in an interview in 2019 that, quote, those were Christian conservative guys who animated that scene. And we had a director who was pretty straight laced and would never have allowed anything like that to have happened. The correct line, if you actually listen to it with subtitles, is scat kitty. Go on and go. Yep. So there's that. Anyway, burning questions. Yes. What in the absolute utter fuck is the mystic blue diamond? Oh, yeah. Why does he just have it as a ring? What the fuck? And it's been in the family and it's this magic ring <laughs> that's handed down to, through the royal line. We don't hear more about this. What the fuck? And then it never comes back again. The Sultan doesn't never, even have it. They don't care. They don't try to get it back. They're not like, oh, shit, Jafar took the ring. Did anyone find Jafar's secret lair? Where's the ring? Yeah. Why does he need the ring? Like what else no, could it do? Yeah, for real. What and it's more power. It's called the Mystic Blue Diamond. 
Yeah. So like this thing, dude, Jafar is so fucking learned and no one questions anything about it. I need way significantly more information. It's yeah. Like unreal. No one like, dude, if that were me and I was sitting in the fucking Sultan's like throne room and someone was like, I need the mystic blue diamond. I'd be like, whoa, whoa, whoa. hold up. Yeah. Magic. Stop everything. Explain that. To yeah. Me. Can you run that Where one by me again? About? Slow. Like I'm an idiot. I mean, no one's surprised that magic is a thing. I know. They're all just like, no, yeah, yeah, whatever. It exists. They're not like, what do you mean? He's a staff that could control my thought. Like they don't, nobody questions this. So it's like, I want to know a lot more about that. I really feel like the live action focused on the wrong stuff to make this movie cooler. Like, I'm like, there's a lot yeah. here that would have been sick. I mean, he does have some degree of magic. He, he maleficence his way out. Well, he kind of like smoke bombs his way out, but he, when they're, they're cornering each other, he, he creates like that plume of red smoke or whatever. And the guards go looking for him and shit. The guards, by the way, are the most useless fucking people in this movie. Yeah. Um. It just like I want to know everything. I want to know everything. <laughs> what the fuck? I have so many questions. Um. Also, no, I do not believe that uh, Aladdin ever puts it together that Jafar was the crazy old man. Yeah. Why not? That yeah. seems like a a character loop that didn't close. Yep. Right? Why doesn't he figure out that that's like that he was manipulated into this situation by Jafar? Like he, that there was yeah. something special about him as the diamond in the rough. He also never brings it up again either. Like no one is like, "How did you get out of prison?" No, Jasmine never asks how you're alive. There's like this whole subplot between Aladdin and Jafar that they don't explore, which is well, weird. they kind of do. Jafar covers his tracks enough, but he only really tell, I have to assume he tells everybody, but he only tells Jasmine that Aladdin is sentenced to be killed. No, he says the sentence has already been. Oh yeah. Out. It's already been carried out. And that's when, okay. So this, you guys, and we talked about it a lot. And he said execution. Yeah. He says beheading. Um, yeah. This is where, we we have very much talked about it that all of the women in this movie have been insanely oversexualized. But this scene in particular is where we get I don't even I you gotta think it's because they wanted to try it and see if they could do it. When Jafar tells Jasmine that he's been put to death and he's been beheaded or by beheading, Jasmine places her hand on uh her collarbone as if to say, like, oh my god. Then she takes a step backwards, and for no reason other than that men drew this, she has a like two or three tit bounces. Yep, that would be why. And I'm just like, why are we doing this right now? It's so weird, and so it's the the animation part of it like takes me out of it for a minute because I'm like, why did we animate it like that? She's extremely naked and sexualized a lot of marcus and pocahontas is too you know there's very much so yeah i mean especially the princesses of color are over sexualized i mean the the handful of them that there are right and uh i mean i guess not milan not milan not really tiana that's also later it's that's like that is way later yeah um but Anyway, that's not what we're talking anyway, about. Anyway, um, no, the point is, um, I, so I think it's weird that they don't close that loop. 
I don't understand why. Why is Iago's ability to speak a secret? It has to be that uh, Jafar magic to into being. Right? Like, this isn't normal, right? Because, like, Abu and Raja are smart, but they don't talk. Yeah. Abu is the closest of the two. Raja is just kind of like, I understand what's happening in the room, but I can't really, like, do. But Abu is like, I'm going to tip my hat to you. Hello. Stuff like that. Like, he yeah, understands he treasure talks. and shit. Like, he, he, yeah. but. And he's then, a monkey. That makes sense. He like, is, I can get uh, yeah. down with, with him sort of, like, monkey sounding some words and stuff. But, like, Iago, yeah. it's weird that it's a secret. It's it's weird that nobody comments on it later. Nobody's like, oh, my yeah. God, Iago is, like, uh, even in the sequel. Which in is the like, sequel, oh, they're just like, oh, yeah, he can talk. Totally, for sure. Yeah, it's Iago. He's such a bad guy. Remember how a bad guy Iago was? And it's like, kind of, but I mean. <laughs> and then Aladdin's like. <laughs> Hey, Not surprise. for most of the movie. Well, the the Sultan's still mad about the polywana cracker thing and all the oh, like, yeah. like okay, <laughs> like that comes up in Return of Jafar. Like um so that's weird, but I, I did like that Jasmine and Aladdin both have animal sidekicks, which sets up like a like Tangled and also Frozen, where like the dudes also have a guy or the, yeah. the love interest of whoever the protagonist is has a an animal sidekick. Usually the guys have horses. Like actually, even in Sleeping Beauty, he kind of was the one with the animal sidekick, not her. Though of course she had many a forest creature, you know. Oh, she's so did. Yeah. Um, and she had this fairies, but yeah, I think it's cool. And also, like Jafar has an animal sidekick. Like Loki, everybody does except for the Sultan. Who has yeah. the, who has that scene with all the animals that he stacks up and plays with, and it's like, oh, honey, you don't have a, an animal friend. Which, by the way, just because we're in the room of requirement, I want you guys to know that the idea of the animal stacking comes to fruition in Lion King. During oh yeah, you're right. Yeah, during that's uh, a funny trick. Just can't wait to be king. That is correct. God, what a, what a movie! Um, what a movie! Even the genie has a sidekick, though, right? He has carpet. He's got carpet. Hey, rug man. And genie's like magic, so he's like a magic sidekick. Everyone else has an animal. Like, it's pretty sick how everybody has a sidekick, except like every named character in the movie, except Except for the Sultan, has a sidekick. Uh, And speaking (laughs) of names, I thought it was, I thought it's weird that Aladdin says, like, call me Al. Oh, to Jasmine yeah. at the end, like I thought that was really weird. That was yeah. She's like, it's like I've been calling you Aladdin this whole time, like, but only Genie was like, "How about Din?" Yeah, that's that was all Genie. Like, no one calls him. Like, even Abu calls him Aradin. <laughs> Just whatever. like that, Aradin. Yeah. Um, but cool. yeah, I kind of don't. I don't really track that. Um, and then in Return of Jafar. Like he says at the start of Return to Jafar in like the early fight, he's like, Yeah, my friends call me Al and yeah. you can call me Aladdin or something. And I'm like, Do they? I is it because you didn't have any friends other than Abu and now yeah, you have a friend be. in the genie, so now all your <laughs> friends call you Al because you have one friend. Oh my god. That's all of them. I that's the whole thing. I d- since we're on the subject of names, by the way, if anybody ever watches the sequel, um, Return to Jafar. His new sidekick, Abi Small, is actually a play on the word abysmal. Yeah. Because he is an abysmal sidekick. He is. Or bad guy. He's not even. Oh, yeah. He's actually just an abysmal idiot. 
He's yeah, he has just an abysmal idiot. Um, I think we kind of hit on all these plot holes. We did. I think we kind of touched on all this stuff. Yep. Going to uh, shower thoughts. Um, No, I never beat that level. I want you to know that. Yeah, Uh, this is my first question for Scott is, did he ever beat the lava level in the SNES game? And listeners, please tell us, did you beat the lava level in the SNES game? If so, how? She (laughs) means SNES, by the way, guys. Um, You don't say SNES? No, everybody says SNES. Really? Yeah. I don't call it a piss for. I don't know anyone who doesn't say SNES. Do you call it a Z box instead of an what? Xbox? Like, do you call it a, a Xbox? That no, kind of I that one kind of works. Call it an Xbox, right? Shit. But no, we just used to say <laughs> call idiot. it. The, that's yeah. No, this this the Super Nintendo. If anyone's won yeah. the game on the Super Nintendo, um, let us know. I know that I played the Snake level, so I believe I must therefore have played and beat the level. You had level. to have, yeah. Yeah. Um, I really like. In the lava level or the snake, whichever. Yeah, I think we have to jump and slide on the ruby in the game like he does in the movie. And it's fucking awesome. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's the lava level. I think it is, too. It's been a that, while. It is one of the most difficult games ever fucking made. Yeah. Um, I was the person in my family that Pat that was like, hey, I can't do this. Can you do this for me? So if someone else in my family was playing this game and couldn't do it, I was like tagged in to do it. But. I don't I don't remember beating this. This is one of the few games I don't remember beating as a kid. I am positive I played the snake, so I must have beat the lava level, but it was hard. And it reminds me of uh the escape from the rumor requirement in Deathly Hallows. Yes. Like Loki, very much I'm so. like JK Rowling, did you play Aladdin on the snake? She totally did. Right. Also, just because I just think everyone should know. <laughs> I had a Cave of Wonders playset that was <laughs> so fire. <laughs> like, oh. legit. It opened up and it was like, it was the coolest thing in the fucking world. And then Sounds I also like the had. Coolest thing. Dude, it was <laughs> like in 1992, I was like, give me that game. Like, I'm sorry, Robin Williams, but like, my Cave of Wonders playset was so fucking sick. <laughs> So I'm sorry that it's not what you wanted, but I wanted my parents to spend money on that. I also had a Jasmine costume. Oh, so did my sister. Full thing. And it came with a cloak. So if you wanted to escape to the bazaar, you could put your hood up. Hell yeah, dude. It it was sick. My sister had a magic eight ball uh, magic lamp. That's cool. Yeah. And I had Jafar's staff because reasons. That's also cool. Yeah. It was like a That's really short all. one. The Aladdin toys were so like right where it was. Like that was the coolest cool. thing in the fucking world in 1993 like, and yep. two. And it's also how they sold scimitars forever. to kids as toys. Just want to throw that one out there. <laughs> you can be like, this has Aladdin clashing sounds and none of those noises ever occur in the movie. It's from Aladdin. Yeah. Oh my God. Man, my boy Aladdin was so hot. Both of them were so hot. They were a sexy couple. They were really, yeah. really sexy together. Also, since we're talking about the couple before we get into ratings and get out of here finally. Um, yeah, because it's been a thousand hours. If you guys are page, if any of you are patrons or are want to be uh, and had a chance to listen to our game show uh, about the Little Mermaid, there is a bonus question in the Little Mermaid that asks, what is the only other couple whose age gap is two years? And I am owning up to my mistake. Aladdin and Jasmine are two years apart as well. 
Aladdin is 18. Jasmine is 16. She is 16. Uh, Katzenberg had them take that out. Yes, they were apparently going to say you have to be married by your 16th birthday. Katzenberg Mm -hmm. had them remove that statement. Probably a good idea. Yeah, props. I I'm like Jasmine seems older than 18. She does. This seems like a 18 to 20 kind of thing. That's why I was like shocked when I found out Belle was 19. Yeah, Belle's like an adult. Yeah. And Pocahontas. And Pocahontas. Yeah, I think she's. Anyway, what'd you rate this movie? Uh, This is a solid 9.5 out of 10 for me. Yep. The only reason it's not a perfect 10 is because uh, the the triangle of people who learned things, only two of them learned something. Jasmine just gets what she wants. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Jasmine's like not the feminist icon that I went into this thinking that she was. Yeah. She has her I mean, moments. A, a little bit. But yeah. She's not, not she's not anti-feminist. She's oh, just yeah. Not. No, no shot. No. But it, it just I can't I can't give it a perfect score knowing what happened behind the scenes with Robin. I can, however, give it as close as possible while still sticking to what I like judge these movies on. Because this movie is a fucking banger, dude. Every song in this movie kills it every the it looks phenomenal from start to finish like animation wise it's just this movie looks so good one of the scariest things slash most badass moments in this movie is when genie picks up the palace it's it's so fucking dope because up to that point we've seen him as like dad bod genie but then like (laughs) then when he picks up the the palace there's this massive storm raging around him and he is fucking cut he is the the epitome of power it's so yeah. fucking cool yeah he's super cool yeah in that moment. and then genie jafar looks dope as shit too his design is just cool as hell yeah agreed what did you give jafar oh 10 out of 10 10 out of 10 actually no i'm gonna have to amend that to a 9 out of 10 because his plans fall apart when he lets the situation amend his original ideas yeah he does yeah he he's very like seat of his pants yeah Jafar doesn't really up to that point he was solid man he was a he lot gets excited he gets too excited yeah. to <laughs> he like, forgets to little finger the situation <laughs> he's not you know picturing every battle everywhere in your mind all the time like he's just yeah. sort of like loses his his skill that i i'm with you i went for a 9.9 i went a little higher I'm like, we, it was a very near miss. Like it was right there. It was right there. Um, and the same with Shafar. Yeah. It was so close. It so close. It was so well done. Um, so high marks all around. Aladdin's great. The Renaissance is great. Yeah. Scott, take us out of here. It has I, been a million hours. It has been a million hours. I will get us out of here guys. Um, as always, thank you all so much for joining us tonight. We hope that you enjoyed yourselves and maybe even learned something as we did. Uh, join us next week for Homeward Bound. Uh, oh my god! Yeah, I know, dude. Um, Although, is no, it next I'm sorry, week? it's not next week. I apologize, guys. We I didn't amend this when I wrote this. Um, we are going to be taking a week's break. Uh, Lindsay has some exciting shit happening next weekend. This is the last trip I'm taking this year, guys. I swear. Once a month, I have to be go somewhere. She has to. She has to have a life, guys. To, yeah, but this is a little bit ridiculous. This is the last wedding, uh, wedding weekend of the we'll summer, see. and then we'll we'll be back to our regularly scheduled programming. So, homeward bound in two weeks, guys. Two weeks. Get, yeah. 
do get stoked on on Homeward Bound, and maybe we'll have something out on the Patreon in the meantime. Yeah, I'll be doing slap uh, together, or that you can slap together. Uh, yeah, I'll be doing some other stuff. Um, but yeah, be sure to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts, as well as allow us or allow us follow us on social media. I'm good at this. Uh, you can find links for our sites and social media on in the episode descriptions. Uh, yeah. If you'd like to support the podcast, we encourage you to follow us on Patreon or check out our website for all the timeline goodies, past, present, and future. And until next time, guys, stay nerdy.